Hello, I'm Joan. I'm a Canadian family physician who also works as a restorative medical educator, facilitator, and coach. I create spaces that rehumanize the work of healthcare. I'm creating this podcast to remind myself, as well as anyone else working in a helping profession, that when you are working and caring for your human patients, you are the other human in the room. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for coming back for another episode of The Other Human in the Room. Okay, healthcare humans. Um, So I am once again driving in my car and I'll just have a meta moment. I literally just pressed stop record on the last podcast. (laughs) And then I was like, I want to record part three right now. I'm still driving to Toronto. (laughs) And I'm going to this workshop that I've I've given actually several times at this point called Reclaiming Your Time, which is a workshop I love giving. And it's all about just like the key principles of time management and how you can actually reclaim your time from tasks that feel like they burn you out and they they keep you from really doing what you love in medicine. You know, like all the tasks we do on our computers or emails, like things that feel so inefficient and like you're just clicking on a screen every day, you know. How can we reclaim our time back from that and actually just really spend the majority of our time and our energy and our focus on the part of healthcare that we really love the most, which is seeing the patients and having those connections with the patients, right? So, um, yeah, in the spirit of that and in being efficient with my time as well, I thought I'm inspired. Let's record part three. So, um, when I say part three, I mean, I'm in this part three, sorry, this three part series on um, creating sustainable change in your life. Uh, So the first episode that was released is all about creating desire and really actually, you know, setting goals. I I don't even like goals is like, I'm not that big of a fan of the word goal, to be honest, just the idea of like, what is it that you actually want in your life that you don't have enough of or you don't have any of and you want to bring it into your life and getting clear on why you want to make this change in your life and making sure it's using an emotional fuel that serves you the 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 fuel of desire and excitement and pleasure versus the fuel of anxiety and fear and shame which is what we've often been conditioned to think is the way we make change in our lives right um and then part two that I just recorded was all about taking action out of that desire this massive action with the idea of we what happens if you just start trying every day as much as you can think of to try and bring this change into your life and all the ways you will quote unquote fail and and all the missteps you'll make are all the really important stepping stones, all the really important lessons you need to learn in order to actually get clear on how you bring the change into your life. Instead of trying to find some guru or author or you know teacher that's going to tell you exactly how to do it. You are the only one who can learn how to bring this desired change into your life and like what it actually looks like, right? So the example I've been using a lot is like exercise, right? So if you decide that you don't have a should exercise goal, but like a true desire exercise goal, I know my body feels so much better when it moves on a regular basis and I feel more rested and I, and, and also have more energy paradoxically and you know, all those things. That's true for me, for sure. Having that 
regular movement practice and like letting my body move in ways where my heart's racing and I'm sweaty. It feels so good to me. So that's sort of that desire piece connecting with that. And then there's like all the different ways that I have experimented with over time um, and found several different ways that have felt good to me to move my body, whether it's running or um, I tried the gym for a long time. The gym is not for me. Tried different kinds of classes. There were things I liked and didn't like. Right now for my stage in my life, I I tried um, a few different like online, you know, programs, um, both like YouTube programs. And now with my husband, I do um, the floor exercise of Peloton and we both really love all the choices involved in that. And so I've done all these different ways of moving my body. I haven't made the fact that I've like joined and, you know, unjoined a gym a bunch of times. I don't make that mean that I'm bad at exercising or I don't know how to put exercise on my life. It means that like I've tried a bunch of different things and what do I just need for this stage in my life, right? And that's what the massive action part told me. Like I tried like exercising in the evening and I realized, nope, it's not going to happen. So I've tried exercising in the morning and I realized that for me, that works better. So I tried all these different ways. And so now I know, now I know, okay, this is the strategy that I have come up for myself. I have found my how. I have my like what I want to bring into my life. I'm fueled by my why, my deep desire. And now I have my how because I've taken a bunch of massive action and I figured out what how is like really working for me. Now we want to get consistent with it. Now we want to get disciplined about doing it day over day, week over week. Not because we should, like still coming from that deep desire, but because we know um, the most efficient way long term of continuing to do this great change that I want in my life on a regular basis is for it to become a habit. And so instead of having a lot of start stop energy, if I know what works best for me right now, so the way I do it is I schedule it regularly and then really I have the discipline and commitment to follow through on my promise to myself about showing up and doing the exercise or, you know, whatever the goal is, whatever the changes you're bringing into your life. That's what this third podcast is about. How do you consistently create the time you need to actually do the thing you want? And it's going to sound deceptively simple and maybe slightly condescending, but it just is what is true. You put it on your calendar, you set a date with yourself, and then you follow through on that promise to yourself. And you don't don't waver from the date you've set for yourself, except for extreme emergencies, okay? Because a lot of times what happens, like, you know, someone will do something for a few weeks and then they'll sort of stop doing it as consistently and then slowly but surely that changed, you know, falls out of their life and they call it being on or off the bandwagon, which is not useful, but really just getting into the regular practice of setting a time for something you're committed to. And then when that time comes, even though your brain may have a lot of discomfort and be like, Oh, you know, why don't we just go do something else instead? Especially if you, you don't have a regular practice of sort of self-trust and, and commitment to yourself this is how you develop that practice. Okay. 
this is not about if you are lazy or not. And this is not about if you are, if you have like willpower or not. It's truly like how practiced are you at setting and keeping promises to yourself? And if you are generally not that practice at this point in your life, like there's some things like, okay, I I get to work every time, every day, you know, and actually that's a very helpful piece of it is reminding yourself there are things that I can follow through on. There are promises I keep in my life right now. Maybe a bunch of those promises are a bit tied to sort of fear or shame where it's like, I'm afraid of the shame I'll feel from patients being mad at me if I don't show up at work, right? Okay. That still means you have the skill of setting and keeping promises though, right? So how do we then transfer that skill over to promises to yourself? This is everything. And the reason we first make sure that we've gotten really clear on our desire and that this is something we want and this is something we're excited to bring into our lives um, is because then that is the fuel that's going to take us the distance. So at the, you know, say you wake up early so you can exercise and you feel like garbage. You're going to have whatever phrase or whatever reminder to yourself that's fueled out of that same desire. Like, this is going to feel so good for me. It feels good to move my body. I'm waking up early because it feels good for me. And then if your brain has drama because you think you shouldn't feel good, let's like clean up that drama, right? Like, and so you're, you're motivated out of that really deep, pleasurable desire. You already know, you've already had practice that you know that this thing feels really good for you. And then you follow through. And so each time your brain gives you drama and you don't quote unquote feel like doing the thing, you will have the ammunition you need to say, I hear you brain. I know you'd rather just, you know, stay scrolling on social media. And this is my deep why for me, for keeping my date with myself. And this is my deep knowledge of how, because we've already tried all those other things. Now it's decision time and commitment time and following through again and again and again. And you don't have to have as much like focus and discipline forever. Really, it's about um, if you do follow through on a promise to yourself about 90 to 100 times or about like 90 to 100 days, that is what it takes for it to become a habit. So even just like for your brain, it's like, oh my gosh, do I have, does it have to feel this punishing and this dramatic and it's so much energy and it's so much time forever? No, brain. If we commit to this for the next three months, it will become a habit. And then it will just be like this automatic part of my life. So another example um, I, I gave last time and that I'm going to be talking about later at, at the workshop at FMF today is um, charting, right? So I, as I said last time, I took this chor- course, Charting Champions, which um, is amazing and everyone should sign up for it. Um, and it's all about getting efficient with charting. And so it was energy draining for I'd say I don't know maybe only like a month but like by month three of being in that program and and doing the time management uh, skills that she teaches you in that course of you know like getting your charts done one at a time and not moving on to the next patient until you finish your last chart and like and what she talks about about inboxes and all this different stuff like I would focus on one aspect of it at a time. It would feel hard and scary and my brain would have a lot of objections, a lot of drama, but I had my fuel of why. I had my desire to no longer chart in the evenings. That was such a strong why for me. 
I experimented with all the different hows and found which hows work for me. And then I just decided again and again and again and again with so many different patients. Like I got through a hundred repetitions in a couple of weeks because, you know, you see so many patients. And certainly by the time it was like 90 to 100 days of just like discipline, 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 I no longer had to have like as much structure. Like at first I had like post-it notes with my like mantras of like fast focus work and like get it done. You know, like I had all of these specific fueling mantras for myself to remind me for every patient like it's supposed to feel this hard this means it's working this means that you're doing you're working towards your goal like I had all of these things that helped me along the way and then by month three it wasn't I didn't have to have those things because it's like oh no this is just what I do and now if I like forget to finish a chart I'm like whoops like it, it feels like weird and I'm like oh my goodness what happened like because it's just so automatic now it's amazing And so whatever change it is that you want to bring into your life, it's not going to take a million times. I promise. Like, it's just not. All it takes to get it to be a habit is making 100 dates with yourself, you could say, right? So on your calendar, you know, whatever calendar you use for your life, setting a time blocking that time and saying, this is the time that is for me for this activity. And I'm going to show up in that time. And I'm going to do that activity no matter what. Right? So if it's like, I'm going to get focused on bringing movement back into my life. This is my time. I'm going to go and I'm going to do it no matter what. And on the rare day when there really was an emergency, and I'm checking with myself and saying, double checking, This is an emergency because I really have to, I really can't do, you know, that my date with myself because of something that absolutely can't wait 30 to 60 minutes, right? Like we're not talking about making a date for a whole day to do something. We're talking about like 30 to 60 minutes of whatever activity is you want to start doing more regularly, making sure that it's really an emergency that's going to stop you from doing that. You don't make it mean that now you're off the bandwagon or you've broken your streak. You make it mean, okay, this is, this is something that's important enough to me to, to take a break from my date. And now I will recommit to doing, to, you know, keeping my date with myself tomorrow. I will continue to decide and show up and keep my promises to myself. There's very few things that will make me break my promise with myself right? I I can reschedule this date for another day. And I'm only doing it for a very small amount of really emergency things, right? So yeah, that's the third one. That's what it takes to kind of make something a habit is putting a time on the calendar. And, and it has to, I'd say, be frequent enough. Like if you're putting the time on the calendar less frequently than once a week, it is going to be hard for your brain to really turn that into a habit. So I would suggest something at least weekly. And that's a great start, especially if your brain is very perfectionist. And if you, you know, so you like put it on your calendar every single day. And that means that, but realistically at the end of, you only end up doing it like two out of the seven days, your brain's going to still have trouble trusting that you follow through on your promises. So for a lot of people, it's better to really just like put it on your calendar once a week, 
and keep your date with yourself once a week and do that so that your brain says, oh, when I put something on the calendar, I keep this promise to myself. Okay. And maybe you do that for a month and then you build up from there where it's like, okay, now I'm going to do this twice a week and I'm going to keep a promise to myself. And every so often I will wobble because I'm a human being, but I'm going to keep on this path. I'm going to learn from the things that block me from staying on the path. That massive action still applies here, right? Until it becomes a habit where it's just something I do. Like right now, I wake up at 5 a.m. every weekday and I exercise for 30 minutes because it's something I do. And it feels terrible if I don't do it. And I love it. And I'm doing it because it, it you know, feels good in my body. And I switch up exactly what kind of movement it is. And sometimes it's actually more like warm-ups and stretches. And sometimes it's yoga. And sometimes it's like intense cardio and strength. And all the different ways I want to move my body still count as really good movement because I've connected with my body and it's not about me like performing or doing anything intense or winning some sort of prize and exercise. See the difference? Okay. So this is part three of creating that sustainable change. So if over the past few weeks you have gotten clear on and and really choose one thing at a time to change, right? So what's your one thing that you want to start practicing do creating sustainable change in your life because it's the one thing you most desire right now. Is it time, dedicated time with your partner? Is it dedicated time with your kids or family or friends? Is it dedicated time with yourself and your body through movement? Is it whatever it is, right? Is it something you want to stop doing, like dedicated time away from your phone, right? The same stuff still applies. So you get clear on your desire and your why your why actually leads your what, right? So finding your desire and then learning from your desire what it is that you want in your life. Step one. Step two is you start doing a whole bunch of stuff to understand what the how will look like for your life. And you just truly never give up. And that is how you figure out your how is truly never giving up. Um, and then the third way that gets you to your destination is consistency. And then over time, you set, you set a time on your calendar and you show up for your appointments with yourself again and again and again until your brain learns, oh, this is an activity that is really part of my routine. This is something that's almost automatic for me at this point. And all that takes is about 90 days or 100 repetitions. That doesn't sound so hard, does it? I'm teasing because... A lot of brain drama can happen along the way. A lot of hard feelings and discomfort can happen along the way because your brain is very used to thinking and acting in a different way right now. And it's going to have resistance because it's be like, this is a lot of energy that we're using up trying to make this new change in our life. Can we not please? Like one of my teachers says like discomfort is the currency to getting your dreams because like that, just that idea of like, oh my gosh, everything feels hard. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm used to being on a straight and narrow path and everyone telling me what to do, but now I actually have to start thinking for myself and feeling desire for myself. And that all feels like a lot of work. But please trust me when I say this process, whichever thing you start with is going to change your life. Because what what you will learn is that you can change anything in your life. You can create the life that you have always wanted. It is within your control. You do it one small change at a time like this. 
And if you would like not to do it alone, like I said over the past few weeks, this is the exact work I do with my one-on-one clients. And I'm really focused in on my one-on-one clients um, over this winter season. I'm not going to be holding uh, workshops and other things like that. The podcast will still keep going, so you'll still have ways of learning from me here. But if you want to work with me sort of in real time, um, applying for one-on-one coaching is how you would do it. And so there'll be a link below um, in like the podcast show notes, wherever you're listening to this. And there will also be, um, or you can just go to joanchanmd.com and click on one-on-one coaching and apply for coaching there. And um, I would be so honored to hear about the desire to change you want to bring into your life and be your cheerleader every step of the way and help you create that sort of massive action mentality and disciplined plan to actually make it a habit. So I hope to hear from you soon there, or I hope to see you back next week for another episode of The Other Human in the Room. Have a great day. I would love to hear from you. Please share your human moments in medicine with me on Instagram at joanchanmd or on my website, joanchanmd.com. On my website, you can also find other restorative medical education offerings I have, including one-on-one coaching opportunities and skill-building workshops. I look forward to connecting with you there. Thank you.